This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We need to stop talking about the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors as if they are legitimate contenders in any way. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm not going to lie. Not doing great. Not doing great to start things out today, Joe. Uh, the last hour, things have just turned completely south on me. Well, I mean, you come out and say we should stop talking about the Lakers and the Warriors. All of ESPN is probably going to disagree with you there. But I'm interested to see what happens next. What happened in the last hour? Uh, I, I swallowed a couple of pills without any water. And it now feels like they have been stuck in my throat for about an hour. Well, hold and on I now. Have- and since I have drunk a, a drank, drunk, whatever, a gallon of water, and now all I'm going to be doing is running to the bathroom, and it still feels like it's stuck in my throat. Still. I have got my cranky pants on right now because of that. Wow. That's not the type of uh, issue a lot of grownups encounter, but so be it. Uh, yeah. Now, more to the point, uh, what, type, what type of pills are we talking about here? Are we talking about fun pills or are we talking about old man pills? Uh, <laughs> We're talking about neither. <laughs> We're talking about can Carlin function today, pills. Okay, good, good. Keep the brain right. Those are those are those are important pills. We'll call those. We'll put those in the important category. There's the fun category. There's the important category. There's the old man category. No, I, it's, I, I it's, very it's much dealing the, with Carlin's mental health pills. Yeah, That's what we're important. dealing with here. Those are important. <laughs> I I have lots of old man pills. Uh, Torvastatin, lots yeah. of the statins. Anyone who hears about the statins, statins don't scream fraternity party. I'll tell no, you that they much. Don't. They do not. They, they do scream not in, cholesterol in, problem. <laughs> Well, Joseph, we have uh, we've got so much to delve into with the NBA second half beginning. And you know what? Warriors came out against the Lakers last night. They've won nine of 11. Uh, They took care of business against the Lakers. Uh, I applaud them for how that they have really elevated themselves from the depths of mediocrity, really right to the top of mediocrity, which is where they reside right now. And it's funny. I woke up this morning and I'm reading Brian Windhorst's story on ESPN.com. And if you haven't seen it. He's very good. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, I I, I highly recommend you go and read it. And it basically is this. All signs point to the fact that the Lakers and the Warriors are past their prime. And they're just doing anything they can to merely hang on. And, Joe, I would contend right now if – this wasn't the Lakers and the Warriors. If these were just two teams that had had that level of success but didn't have those names on them, we wouldn't be going after it nearly as hard as we have been on these teams. And the truth is, these are two teams that are headed absolutely nowhere this year and are fighting to get into the play-in. And I'm so tired of thinking like, well, it's just about getting into the playoffs, and then you never know. Well, there's a lot to that. Number one, the reason we talk so much about the Lakers and the Warriors is the same reason we don't talk enough about Minnesota, Oklahoma City, and Cleveland, mm. right? We've seen the Lakers and the Warriors do it before. We've seen them do it somewhat recently. So there's this belief that it can happen again. We have not seen that from Cleveland or Minnesota or Oklahoma City recently. So as a result, there's this belief that it can't happen. We're not as familiar with the players on those three teams as we might be with the Warriors and the Lakers because they've been in our spotlight so often. The Warriors just a few years ago after the dynasty was pronounced dead went out and beat Boston in the finals. The Lakers 
it's been a little bit longer since the COVID year and people don't give them credit for it anyway, but this is all psychological, right? This is all psychological. People like uh, consensus. They like uniformity. They like the idea that if they're going to get something wrong, they can get something wrong in a group. I can't tell you how many people took the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and it was a correct pick, don't get me wrong, uh -huh. but the process to getting to that pick was, I feel better losing with Patrick Mahomes. That's not the greatest way to go about handicapping a game, thinking about how you want to feel if you lose. People are confident sitting there believing in the Lakers and the Warriors because if they go down, all these people around you felt the same way. It's a lot harder to go out on an island and say, you know what? Oklahoma City's the best team in the West because everyone's going to come at you. And if you end up getting it right, there's a big reward, but there's a lot of risk that comes with it. Sure, sure. But we're talking about two teams that are 9 and 10 in the West right now. I mean, if we, if we want to delve into just some facts about the situation, here's what they are. And Wendy led his story with this to give him credit. Lakers won the title four years ago. Yes, I downplay it. I call it the summer camp championship, but it's a title. Since then, in the regular season, they're 148 and 144. The Warriors win it two years ago. Since then, they're 71 and 64, and they had to get there by winning nine of their last 11. Then your points to the playoffs. Hey, Lakers did a great job to get to the conference finals last year. I think we can agree that the road was not as difficult as it could have been to get there. And when they ran into a really good team, they were absolutely flattened. The Golden State Warriors, for their part, lost to a play-in team in the Lakers that was not terribly good after they squeaked by the Sacramento Kings. And, all right, so I want to try to point to some things this year that would have me believing in the Lakers. You're really struggling biggest... with those pills, aren't you? Well, a little bit here. <laughs> but... <clears throat> To the point, though, like, what were some of the things that we talked about with the Lakers during the playoff run last year? AD, he's too inconsistent in all this. AD this year, when he scores more than 30, Lakers are 7-9. and nine. Like, to me, I'm going to get labeled, labeled a hater on the Lakers and on the Warriors when, in fact, I'm just speaking the truth about the situation. These are two teams that are headed nowhere. It's not saying LeBron's done. It's not saying Steph Curry's done. He's certainly not. But in their current incarnations, in the situations they're in, this is over. Zero percent? Zero percent. Zero percent. That's an interesting – it's not even giving yourself a non-zero percent window. You could have said it's non-zero. To non win a championship or, yeah, or what? Yeah, to win a championship. Yeah, zero percent. Do you put them in the same category? Is one worse off than the other? I, I, I put them in the same category because – as much as we could point to Steph and say he's still capable of carrying a team night to night, look around him. What am I supposed to be excited about? Am I, I can't be excited about Clay. I'm getting excited about Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, am I getting excited about Andrew Wiggins, who is having the worst season of his career? There is nothing there outside of Steph that gives me any reason to believe in them. And by the way, they didn't believe in him either because they went and tried to get LeBron. But he's a powerful, powerful reason why there could still be some noise. Not saying I'm disagreeing with you. You're a sucker if you're you, buying into I'm this. I'm not buying into either one of them to win the title. I wouldn't bet it. I wouldn't predict it. I just wouldn't completely write it off. I would write the Lakers off. I think it's fine to write them off. I don't I don't think there's anything happening there. The Warriors, I've learned the hard way writing them off in the past. I covered them in the Bay for six years. Anytime I thought it was going to go south for them, it did not go south for them because of Steph Curry. Now, 
Are you right in the supporting cast not being good enough to win a championship this year? It's going to turn out that you're more than likely going to nail that prediction. But with Steph and with Steve Kerr, who comes under a lot of heat, you get into the playoffs. It's one thing to run through a regular season. It's another thing to make the necessary adjustments game to game in the postseason. We have seen series completely flip because of one key adjustment that the other team can't counter. The Warriors in Boston was a perfect example a few years ago. Boston did not have a counter for Golden State's initial counter when the Celtics went up in the series. And if you look at last year, the young gun, fun, flying around Sacramento Kings had themselves a chance to take out big, bad, older brother, Golden State. And it came down to Game 7, and you know what happened? The Young Bucks turtled up, and Steph Curry dropped the 50-burger in order to win that game in a big, big way. In round one. In round one. In round one. And and listen, I give Steph credit because he's going to try to keep at least the outward narrative and the semi-belief on his part out there as he did after the game last night. Our season's been all over the place, and uh, for us to just stay in the moment, stay in the present, we know if we can get in the playoffs, we're a tough out no matter who we play, but you got to get there. So that's how we're focused on. I'd argue they're not a tough out. I'd argue they're not a tough out at all because when they got pretty much handled by the Lakers last year in the second round, and then this year, when he talks about the season being all over the place, well, what is that indicative of? It's indicative of a team that's not capable of being consistent. So a 9 of 11 run is nice. We all know that teams have runs during the season. They all have runs, absolutely. Yes. Early in the season, it was a struggle for them. It's a struggle for a lot of teams early in the year. This is where you start making your money. This is where it's time to play your best basketball. This is where it's time to be in shape. This is where it's time to have all the early wrinkles that you couldn't iron out ironed out. It's the post-All-Star break. They came out and made a statement early. Not saying they win the title, but Clay moving to the bench, that could end up being an upgrade for them. Draymond Green not being suspended for the whole second half of the season could be an upgrade for them. Kaminga has been playing much better basketball. That's huge for them. There's an opportunity there, especially with a wily outfit that understands how to navigate a seven-game series. You draw one of the young guns early, you could put them in some deep water in a hurry, and if a couple things break your way, suddenly you find yourself in the second round with a 50-50 matchup, you're four wins away from the conference finals. It could happen. I agree with the Lakers. I'd completely write them off. Not ready to write the Warriors off just yet. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Want to hear from you today at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Is it a complete waste of time? to just rule or to just con continue to act as if the Warriors and the Lakers actually have a chance at this point. Want you to get in on this at 888-SAY-ESPN. Up next, so if the West is completely wide open, who's going to take advantage of that? And wait until you hear one of our experts and who they're buying into. It's all on the way. Carlin versus Joe just getting started. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. In the lane, behind him to Donchins, top of the arc three, kill shot. A 41-point game for Donchins. We got seven in a row, man. It's always tough to come back from All-Star. We're playing against an amazing team, but we showed up. I mean, Luca and Kyrie, they've been playing pretty special together, have they not? Very, very quietly, they have been putting something very, very impressive together, yes. Oof. Are they the team if it's not going to be the Lakers or Warriors? Out West, it's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We just went through all of that. Who is going to be the team out West? And, Joe, I'll put it to you. If we can operate under the assumption that those two teams are not going to be realistically contending for a chance to go to the finals. Which two are those? The, the Lakers and the Warriors. Got it. Who are we going to be counting on? I've got at least five. I, wow. I think I think the West is extremely deep. I've got at least five. I'm going to start with the top two, Minnesota and Oklahoma City. I think it's a fool's errand to just dismiss those teams because they haven't done it before. I understand youth. I understand postseason experience. Will not surprise me if I see them get beat by a veteran squad in the postseason. But based on everything they have shown me, especially on the defensive end of the court, especially with the ability to win on the road. I mean, Minnesota on the road, 20 and 11. Oklahoma City on the road, 16 and 11. They both have point differentials north of seven, which is incredible. Can't discount those teams. I'm sorry. I won't do it. Those two are in play. Clippers are in play. They've been very, very good this year. I don't need to go much further. If James Harden finds another gear in the postseason, look out. Denver's your defending champs. I have no reason to believe they won't be contending. And I think Dallas has turned it on as of late. They should be in the category. That's five. Then you can start to have the debate as to what we think about Phoenix, whether or not New Orleans is for real, whether or not the Warriors or the Lakers actually climb into contention. But I think you got a minimum of five there, big man. And I might be making a mistake discounting Phoenix. I, I think you are not making a mistake discounting Phoenix okay. because I have little to no belief in them. I understand. Wow, your, with that big three, little to no belief. That's what I said. Okay, just that's confirming. What I said. And the reason I said it, they've only played together 22 times. And when I don't know if they're going to be together, 
And by the way, when they play together in those 22 games, they're 14 and 8. Plus 12-point differential. It's, it's pretty good. Plus but... 12 with those three on the court at the same time per okay. 48 minutes. It's an incredible mark. Okay. I mean. But it rarely let, happens. Let's see them all together. And I just don't like the whole dynamic there when I have to try to figure out who's going to be there. And are they going to be able to gel enough when it actually matters in the postseason if they haven't played together enough? I get where you're coming from on Minnesota and on Oklahoma City. My argument has been, I haven't seen it before, so I need to see it. I am very much a person that wants to form opinions based on evidence of things that have happened already. And in some instances, I will admit that it is fair that um, you could knock me for that. Well, yeah, you're basically waiting for them to win and then be like, yeah, they're good. And yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Carlin. We appreciate you telling us they're good well, no, after I'm, they've won the title. I've already told you they're good. It's just how good are they? Are they good regular season? Are they good postseason? It's all still to be determined. I, I cannot rule out the Nuggets, and it does feel like to me uh, the Nuggets are going to be, and this is not exactly going uh, nuts either. They're, they're a team that's going to start to, turn and flip the switch here and they will be playing at an exceptionally high level. Can I follow up and ask as to why you believe that? uh, Because they've done it before. (laughs) You are just a, the government can program you any way they want, huh? It's well, just show him this and he will buy in. I won't show him this. He won't buy in. They They have not been good on the road this season. They are 15 and 14 on the road this year with a negative point differential. Maybe they're a team that understands, take it easy now, and we'll turn on the engines later. They could be that team, and that's fine. It's not going to surprise me. But they have not fared well on the road. They are a juggernaut at home. They have been suspect on the road. Yeah, no, and and those are all fair points. But I, again, would lean more toward – a team that has done it before and understands what where they need to be physically and mentally as a team once it rolls around and uh, once the playoffs roll around and being the number one seed in the West is not necessarily where they need to be. Boy, the Clippers, I- I'm on board, Joe. I'm on board. Okay, and, so to be clear, they've never done anything of note, but you're on board with these guys. But you have guys who have done things of note. Who? Oh, I, I mean, Kawhi Leonard's won championships, okay. has he not? Kawhi? I mean, Paul George and James Harden have a long history in the league. Harden's been to the conference finals. I, I'm not going to sit here and They have a long history of not winning championships. Uh, yes. that's, that's the important note. But Because but Oklahoma City hasn't won a what, championship. Have we looked at what James Harden has done this season in taking a reduced role in terms of scoring. And trust me, it is a very uncomfortable position for me to be defending James Harden. Well, yeah. You cannot argue that he hasn't fit in brilliantly with what they're doing with the Clippers. In the regular season, when the championship isn't on the line. He was really good fitting in with Philadelphia last year until they needed him in game six and seven, and then he went MIA, which we've seen in Houston before as well. And he also wanted out, and that was a big part of why I have trouble backing him up, but that's how good I feel about it. And I'll give you one other thing. Okay. If the regular season is so important to you, I'll give you this. This is a team that since mid-November has not lost two games in a row more than once. They've lost two in a row once since mid-November. I mean, they have been the model of consistency after having one early bad streak. 
And that is what always stands out to me. Consistency. Consistency. But we do need to go back to the team that we started talking about. I, I got to just real quick. Yeah. Their consistency in the regular season is good for you. Minnesota and Oklahoma's consistency in, in the regular season does not work for you. Consistency combined with experience? I'm not saying that Minnesota and Oklahoma City are not going to do it, but I want to see it first before I'm going to buy in. How are they going to look like? You and I both know the playoffs are a lot different than the regular season. Oh, I've seen it with the Clippers in the playoffs. You don't have to remind me. (laughs) I have seen it year after year after after year. Now go ahead with the team you wanted to get to because this one's a fascinating case study. Well, it's really the team that Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst, had his eyes on this morning as he was on with the folks from Unsportsmanlike. There's an electricity about their team right now because I'm seeing a belief, a real belief for the first time since Luke has been there. And mm-hmm. it's interesting to watch. And the, the watching the chemistry between he and Kyrie and how, where that's gone since he got there. And I, I really hope they maintain it. I mean, Kyrie, I know, look, he's controversial at times, and people, they wonder, like, where his mind is. When his mind is like this, like it's been leading into the break, like it was last night. I will not deny that one bit. I mean, they are an exceptionally interesting team. They are sitting in the sixth spot right now. But the Mavericks have been a team that has won seven in a row here and has put themselves much more into the conversation with one player in Luka that does have a, a decent playoff history, although his best run came in the bubble, and then Kyrie has obviously been there. And these guys, as much as I have not Kyrie before, it's never been for basketball reasons. Never. Not once. Ninth easiest schedule the rest of the way. Important to note. Because there are other teams in the West that are dealing with very difficult schedules. Phoenix has the hardest schedule remaining in the NBA. You work your way down Sacramento, fifth hardest schedule in the NBA. The Lakers, eighth hardest schedule. The New Orleans Pelicans, 10th hardest. The Clippers, 11th hardest. What does this mean? It means you can jockey yourselves into position. You can find your way from six right now. You are four back of Denver for the four seed. But you can most certainly get past New Orleans and you can sit there at five. They have the superstar talent. They have the postseason pedigree, at least in terms of how deep Irving's gone. Luka has made a conference finals before the Warriors smashed him out that year. The Warriors went on to beat the Nuggets, or excuse me, the Celtics. There's a lot there to like. Defensively, they've got to get better. They've got to get better. They're toying right around 19th in defensive efficiency right now. And I know that they've shown as of late they can play a better brand of defense, but you do not win in the postseason without defense. Your offense in today's modern NBA is your floor. It's the defense that's going to carry you to the championship. Doesn't mean you need to be elite, but you've got to get key stops in key moments over the course of a seven-game series. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hey, don't forget to tune in to NBA action tomorrow night. Knicks hosting the Celtics, presented by Indeed. I hear there's a handsome guy who's going to be there. Yeah, I do too. Who's on the call for that game? That's me, and that is our buddy Tim Legler, and he would be the good-looking one. You and Legs? Me and Legs. If he's Legs, what are you? Guts. Coverage begins 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio (laughs) and on the ESPN app. Why one NFL team might be more desperate to upgrade at quarterback than 
you think. We're going to tell you who it is and what they should do next. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. punishment here now streaming fx's shogun my master asks what do you seek here to vanquish our common enemies based on the global bestseller by james clavell war is coming the epic saga of war passion and power let it come fx's shogun now streaming on hulu Justin Fields unfollowing the Chicago Bears on Instagram to me is something you cannot possibly overstate. I still mess with the Bears. I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollowed the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Like, just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with him. He unfollowed all the noise that's surrounding his name. Now, that's the explanation he offers. You can buy it, not buy it, believe it, not believe it. That's up to you. I mean, again, I'll point out Instagram has a mute feature. I mean, I have muted many, many people because I don't want to offend them thinking that I don't follow them anymore because that's a whole nother thing. But Joe, there is a mute feature. Very easy. No problem whatsoever. I think he maybe he wanted a little of the drama. He 100% wanted the drama. You, you, you. If this were the first time something like this had happened, then I could understand the, whoa, 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 everyone, chill for a sec. No, I just wanted a timeout. Players have been doing this for a while. Yeah. It's it's like a new <laughs> tactic in the arsenal. Not for or against it. It's just acknowledging the fact that it exists. So you've seen people do it before. You knew exactly what you were doing. And quite frankly, I don't blame you. It's not like your team's come out and given you a ringing endorsement. Why should you endorse them? They've been very clear they're not all that interested in you, at least until they figure out whether or not they truly want Caleb Williams. So let's discuss further with a man who would certainly know. It's Bill Barnwell, ESPN senior NFL writer and host of the Bill Barnwell Show. Check out the podcast. Go subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Bill, it's Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. As always, thank you for the time. And let's just start right here with Justin Fields. When we look at the Steelers, are they in a Justin Fields or bust situation this offseason? I don't think so, but it's a pretty limited group of people making the hit. I think you're looking at either Justin Fields or potentially Kirk Cousins. I mean, that, that's going to be the primary free agent. Maybe, maybe you look at Russell Wilson, which I think could theoretically work if they're going to play a heavy play action, seven stop drop, chuck it downfield offense. But I mean, it, it's pretty slim if you want to get a guy who you think it's not just going to be a short term option like Cousins. And, and, and Wilson, but a long-term Hey, Hey, Bill, we're going to put you on right hold for here. one sec because we're having a little trouble hearing you, see if we can get it straightened out uh, with the audio for a second. And, Joe, listen, when it comes to Fields and the Steelers, I can't sit here and tell you I believe it's Fields or bust, but it's going to be a major disappointment to me as a fan if Fields is not the answer unless you're talking about 
Kirk Cousins and you feel like there's enough left off the Achilles. There's a reasonable situation that could play out in which Justin Fields goes to Atlanta or perhaps a dark horse team that we're not thinking about as much as Atlanta and Pittsburgh in the Justin Fields sweepstakes, and he's off the board. And then maybe Kirk Cousins resigns in Minnesota or he ends up with a dark horse team. And then what are you going to do? Because if you trot Kenny Pickett out there week one next season, fan base isn't going to be happy. And if Kenny Pickett doesn't play well week one next season, wide receivers aren't going to be happy. You're going to have a big problem on your hands in Pittsburgh in a hurry if some of these musical chairs don't line up for you. All right, so let's bring Bill back in. Hopefully we have a better line here. Uh, Bill, you were saying about Justin Fields and the Steelers. Yeah, so I mean, obviously there's there's maybe three guys you can look at here. Justin Fields being the youngest long-term option. You could also look maybe towards veterans who are going to be free agents, Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson. But again, the question for the Steelers is, are you looking for a short-term fix? Are you looking for something to band-aid over your problem? Or do you want to find that post Ben Roethlisberger quarterback that you've been seeking? And if you want to do that, I do think for them, it's fields or bust. Bill, Matt Miller tweeted this week that the Patriots should not draft a quarterback third overall because they don't have enough in place to build around a young quarterback. How far away are the Patriots right now from being a, let's call them a playoff contender in your mind? Uh, you know, to me, I think they're a, they're probably two years away, but I would look at what happened with the Texans this year as a reminder. I mean, I don't know about you guys. You know, I, I certainly was not looking at the Texans and thinking they were going to be in the position they are right now where they have, you know, one of the, the most exciting young cores in football. Uh, they made the playoffs very unexpectedly. I, I don't see that happening to the Patriots, but they were the best defense in football on a drive-by-drive basis over the second half of the season. So there might be more there on the defensive side of the ball than maybe we're giving them credit for. I, I think they're two years away, but, you know, I, I really think it comes down to your eval of the quarterback. If you think you have a chance to take Drake May or Jaden Daniels or Taylor Williams falls three, which is unlikely, but if you think those three guys are franchise caliber difference maker quarterbacks. I, I understand that point. You obviously want to surround that guy with help, but I think you have to take that guy if you get the chance, because there's no, there's no guarantee you're going to have a chance to take that guy again next year. Bill Barnwell, he is host of the Bill Barnwell Show podcast and ESPN senior NFL writer joining us. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. You know, Greeny suggested that the Giants should really look at potentially trading up to right around that three spot to go and get Drake May. When you look at their situation with Daniel Jones right now, what would you do at quarterback if you were the Giants? I think you absolutely have to consider it. I mean, the price matters. You know, I don't think this is a team that's one quarterback away, so I wouldn't be trading, you know, three first-round picks to move to three unless you feel like Drake May is, you know, the next, uh, not even Eli Manning. You know, he has to be an absolute superstar for you to feel confident that deal's going to work. But I don't think Daniel Jones is a long-term future in New York. I mean, this is a guy who, look at the bigger picture here, we can maybe poke holes in the roster around him, but he's had one promising year in, in five pro seasons. Or, you know, I mean, he's been injured. He has multiple neck injuries, torn ACL. Now on this resume, he's making $40 million next year. That's going to be guaranteed. It's not going away. But after that, I think it's going to be a blank slate at quarterback for the Giants. So, you know, if the price is right and they think they could get a guy, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Bill Barnwell with us here. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins. What do you think of the best landing spots for those two quarterbacks? That's a good question. For Russell Wilson, it's tougher because at this point, he is more of a unique quarterback. And so I think, you know, the question is, are you going to be molding your offense 
to Russell Wilson in the way that maybe the Seahawks did or the Broncos did in the past. I, I do like the fit for him in Pittsburgh as a, you know, a sort of a, a play action bomber, a guy who's going to be, you know, doing lots of boot, you know, who can get the ball. I think he still has a pretty deep ball, just does not have the pass protection to hold up in Denver last season. With Cousins, I, I still think Minnesota makes the most sense. They are a competitive team. I know they didn't make the playoffs this year, but the defense took a major step forward. They didn't have Justin Jefferson for most of the year. TJ Hawkinson got hurt late. You know, Cousins obviously missed half the season, but he was playing so well in Minnesota before the injury. I, I just think a reunion makes sense for both parties there. Bill, one last one on Russell Wilson. Can you still win with him if you're a team like Pittsburgh? I mean, they won. They made it to the playoffs this year with Kenny Pickett, Mitchell Trubisky, and uh, Kenny and, and uh, sorry, Mason, uh, Rudolph. Rudolph. Mason, Mason Rudolph, Rudolph, the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, that, that speaks to how good that defense is, how good the coaching is, how promising the receivers are. Um, you know, it's not a perfect team, and certainly you don't want to pay over the odds for Russell Wilson at this point of his career. But, you know, the Broncos were close to being a playoff team. They had a couple more breaks go their way early in the season. To me, I do think Russell Wilson is a guy you can make the playoffs with. Now, if you have Super Bowl aspirations, I'm skeptical, but the Steelers, to me, have been a team that's been built around trying to make it to the postseason as opposed to really taking that big swing and trying to build a Super Bowl contender. Bill, great stuff. Appreciate a few minutes. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, guys. Have a- you want to get smarter about football? You yeah, listen well, to- him and just run them. Because it felt did. like he was about to say, oh, thanks, guys. And then, yeah. you know, I listen to you all the time. You guys are the yep. best show on TV. I wish I could join you. You guys are awesome. And Handman just cut him off. Yep. Handman had no interest. He was done. He was done. Just incredible. I'll tell you. You don't need the ego boost there. You From Bill, we do. I'm a big fan of Bill's. I like it when if Bill would say something nice about us. It's like, yeah, Bill's smart. But you, on the other hand, oh, I love this. You know what? No. That, that's my thought. Isn't this... A- it's just about a lack of instincts, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We really let it breathe, Handman. Let I it guess, breathe. You know, Joe. We ask this question about athletes all the time, and and I think it's a question that we're going to need to get answered on this show. Can you develop instincts? Can you develop? Yeah, we're going to do that. Handman's been coming along nicely. We have a UFC card this weekend, Mexico City. I've got some picks later in the show. <laughs> I'm interested to bounce them off him. We'll see where he's see, at. Here's what I worry about. Okay, <laughs> and I'll make it quick. When you say UFC and Handman, I feel like I've lost him for the show. <laughs> Every break, it's, what do you think about Lavachenko? Yeah, we got to work our way through it. We got to work our way through it. We got big card. We got to get organized. We got to get on the same page. He and I cannot get on the same page with some of this stuff. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80. Now, speaking of the Steelers, there is a Pittsburgh legend who does not want to see Justin Fields in the Steel City. You'll hear from him next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, including on TuneIn. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Thank you. 
We know that Pittsburgh's going to go out and get some type of quarterback, whether that's Ryan Tannehill, uh, whether that's Russell Wilson, whether that's Justin Fields. Arthur Smith is the new offensive coordinator of the Steelers. He had massive success in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill and Justin Fields, in my opinion, have very similar skill sets. You don't need Fields. Stay with what you got. Get him another receiver. Get him an explosive tight end. Give him another tackle. Give him a guard. Have the ability to protect him. And there was more to say from there. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. So the discussion we just had with Bill Barnwell ended on the on the Justin Fields front, began and ended on it, and where he might fit in Pittsburgh, and if it is, in fact, Fields or bust for the Steelers. When I asked him if Pittsburgh could win with Russell Wilson, it's not about making the playoffs with Pittsburgh. It doesn't have to be about winning the Super Bowl either. But to me, if you're looking at a second-round pick for somebody that could be your long-term answer at the position and could potentially be keeping coordinators up at nights trying to figure out how they're going to stop him because he is such a dual threat if he gets his passing game in order, I don't know how you wouldn't attempt to go down that road for what I would deem a relatively low price. Is this Fields we're talking about, or is yeah. this Russ? Yeah. Well, well, what's, Fields. what's considered the low price? You second think you round can, pick? You think you can obtain him for a second-round pick? And then after that, we're not paying him. We're not giving him a contract, I take it? No, I'm talking about year? taking a second-round pick on an incredibly talented guy, and we figure out this year if he is our long-term answer, and then you pay him accordingly. So if he plays really well this year, then you go out and give him the contract, and if not, you're back to square one. It, 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 is it back to square one? I mean, you're, it's not well, you're back, back to, to where you are right now, are you not? Because yes, if he's not the guy, you're not you paying right him, now. then you still need to go out and find a quarterback. You're back to where you are right now. Okay. Um, I, I See, the, the fields are bust conversation, it all starts with if you believe in fields. I do not believe in fields. Right. That would not be my move. I would not be sitting here from Pittsburgh saying fields is the guy. I think it's going to be complicated to figure out how to bring him in and not give him a contract. That feels very, very dicey because he's going to have at least some say over this. Not a lot, but let's let's look at it like this. Atlanta really likes fields. Pittsburgh likes fields. They're both trying to make an offer, Okay. Pittsburgh is going to follow your plan. We're going to give him a year and then we might pay him. Atlanta wants to pay him right away. Fields is going to know this. He's going to make it very clear he'd rather go to Atlanta. Now, he doesn't have a whole lot of say, but if he makes it clear he's not interested in Pittsburgh, that's going to start in an awful way for that relationship if the Bears still end up making that deal. So I think you have to have all your ducks in a row here. You have to be a full-on believer in Justin Fields if you're bringing him in. Otherwise, go out and sign Ryan Tannehill. Like, there's a bunch of guys you can just bring in if you want to test out this year. Tannehill, you can test things out. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is an unrestricted free agent. Test it out. Sam Darnold, Drew Locke. These are guys that you can bring in and test out. Tampa Bay last year had Kyle Trask. They weren't sure. They took a flyer on Baker Mayfield. Looked pretty good. Probably going to give him a long-term deal. So why not try that with Sam Darnold if you want to test things out? What, but what if you're going to go for out? fields, it feels like you're going to make the play. Well, what am I testing out with those guys? I know what they are. Well, I mean, then with fields, is fields in that category or no? 
No. Then Fields why aren't you going to pay him? Fields is above that category right now because I got a year, maybe two, to figure out why. If I to figure out if he's the guy, based on the fifth year option. I don't know the those idea guys, of a test run I, with the guy. I, it's like I, why are you even doing? Those it? aren't test runs with those guys. I know they're not the guys. But you're suggesting a test run with Fields. If yes. You're going to he's burn young, a pick. He's athletic. He can do a lot of different things, and he may improve with Arthur Smith as his as his uh, play caller. So if there's still a lot of young talent in the guy, I'd much rather go down that road than go on with Ryan Tannehill. I mean, if we want to go with Tannehill as a backup, okay, and I, I get it with the Arthur Smith thing. I know what Ryan Tannehill is for the most part. No, the, the thing I'm getting at is I don't think your scenario is realistic. If mm. you like Fields, you're suggesting, okay, I give up a second and I test it out. That sounds great to probably every team in the NFL. I don't think it's going to be a second and no contract. Like that's that I that would be a dream scenario to be able to test out a quarterback like that and see if a change of scenery works. I don't think it's going to happen. I think you're going to need to actually make a commitment here, which is why this becomes such a difficult situation for these teams. And if you're Pittsburgh, I'm passing. 61% completion last year when he actually had some talent around him. Takes too long to develop information. He takes too long to process the information and get the ball out of his hands. Uh, They screwed him up early, royally. That's on the Bears. But you've still seen him for 40 games across three seasons. Kenny Pickett is 25 games in just under two years, and you fired the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, partway through the year last year, making it very clear he wasn't doing a good job. So we're that ready to throw in the towel right now. I'd almost rather test out one more year with Pickett than I would try to bring in fields for a test year because I don't think that's going to happen. I think you got to pay him. Well, you're not the only one who thinks that way. So does Terry Bradshaw, who said as much yesterday on the Rich Eisen show. They're going to beat him up, and they're going to want to trade for Fields in Chicago, and I say that's a huge mistake. You don't need Fields. Stay with what you got. Get him another receiver. Get him an explosive tight end. Give him another tackle. Give him a guard. Have the ability to protect him, and then give him give him guys on the outside. This is a passing league now. Give him people out there that can run and catch the football and that are smart. He's fine. That's their guy. They're probably going to be a lot of negative about it, but that's the guy I would go with. I don't know about that. I, I've i seen a decent amount of Kenny Pickett, and there's not enough on the good side. Like, I haven't seen the upside with Kenny Pickett that I've seen with Fields. Totally understandable. Totally understandable if the assessment is that Pickett is not the guy. If 25 games in a couple seasons has shown you that, move on. Nothing against that. But it's one thing for a team like Tampa to spend $4 million on one year and give Baker a shot. It's another thing when you're in a market having to trade for a guy whose contract is coming up. I don't think you're going to have the opportunity to experiment with fields. And if you're Pittsburgh, how much more experimenting do you want to do? You've done quite a bit in the post-Ben era, and you've got a great defense and a great coach and all these skilled players, and you're grinding your way into the postseason despite the quarterback position. It's time to actually get someone who can play the quarterback position. If Fields is the guy, you get aggressive. You get the job done. If he's not the guy, move on, try somebody else. But I don't think there's any sort of in-between here. I just don't think the market's going to open itself up to that. Option. Here's how I would put it to me if I'm Pittsburgh. I look at Fields as a medium risk, high return possibility. I look at all those other guys as low risk, low return. I just kind of stay where I am right now. And don't I need to try to elevate this somehow? 
Yeah. Oh, I'm all for that. It's just I don't think the second the Pittsburgh's second round pick is going to be what pick 50, 60 something. Mm-hmm. They're picking at twenty in the first round. That second round pick is not going to get the Bears to to move. Someone's going to offer something better than that. Schefter suggested a first round pick could be in play. Are you giving up twenty for him? That's the question. If you're running the Steelers right now, are you giving up twenty? It's more important for me to get that solved than anything else. I'd think about it. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.